Well, if you're uh, if you're new here or you've missed a couple Sundays, uh, the last five weeks, including today, we've just had our missionaries from all over the world um, just share in, in this special day, share in this 50th anniversary um, for the church here. And so we've got videos. That one obviously was from Zimbabwe. And so um, they're probably going to hate that I'm about to do this, but it's just really, really cool that they're here. Um, we have a whole crew from Tijuana Christian Mission. We saw their missionary video, um, uh, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but they came up from Mexico early this morning, waited at the border just to be here and celebrate with us. And so Sarah, could you stand up please? And your family and everyone that came up. Thank you so much for being here. It really means a lot. Um, and so please say hi to them. Please um, make them feel welcome. And, and again, if you look around the sanctuary, uh, not only do we have uh, missionaries, but since the church is 50 years old, we've just taken time uh, to celebrate each decade. And so if you start in the back, your left corner, uh, and work your way around, you'll see pictures, you'll see uh articles just featuring the church and the faces that have made Palmerado Christian Church um, up to this point. Uh, and so it's just really, really exciting. I'm excited for this morning, um, but we do have a couple announcements for you, and we've got some more service left before we get to the party at the end. And so hang in there. It's, it's going to be it's gonna be wonderful. And so just a reminder, if this is your first day, welcome and this is a not normal service. Normally we have a 9 a.m. and a 10.30 service. And so following our service today, there is a massive, massive celebration that will take place in the back. We've got food. We've got games and activities. Um, and we, this was my job to get a 60-foot obstacle course that's 20 feet tall, so you don't want to miss that on that either. And so, yeah, there'll be a competition for that. And so, you know, start warming up, start stretching. Um, all right, that's it. We're going to take a couple moments to greet each other. Please say welcome, say hi. It is so great to see you all. Um, I cannot wait to get on with the service. Let's take a moment and greet one another. All right, everybody. So we will have uh, plenty of time to be able to connect after service to to continue those conversations that you were having this morning and, and to be able to um, hang out with food and, and a lot of great activities, as, as Pastor Dan mentioned. If we've not met yet, if you are uh, visiting us or, or if you are someone who's maybe been away for a while and you're coming to celebrate with us, thank you so much for coming as we are excited about celebrating what God has been doing for the past 50 years, what he's doing now and what he will continue to do in our church's future. So thank you for joining us. And my name is JP, if we've not met yet. I would love to be able to meet you uh, after service um, and make sure that we have a chance to connect. And so with that said, um, we have been in a series, and, and Pastor Den mentioned it, that we're in a series right now called We Are the Church, and we've spent four weeks so far, and this is the fifth week. Now, the reason we called it We Are the Church is this idea that we believe that the church that the people of the church and the, the institution of the church is not just here for us. It's not just here for us, for, for those of us who call ourselves Christians and we sit in comfortable seats on a Sunday morning, that, that we as the church, as the people of the church, it doesn't exist for us, but we are the church and we exist to make a change in this world, to impact this world, to leave this world better than when we first came. And so that's the idea that we are the church. And so if you are new to church, if you were invited this morning and you don't usually come, again, thank you for coming and for joining us. And just know that we are not about just patting ourselves on the back. The reason we are sharing stories, the reason that we are celebrating this week is, and this season is because God has done, is doing, and will continue to do amazing things in and through Pomerado Christian Church. Amen? So... With that said, we usually take this time in the service for me to review uh, the previous time. We will do that later on, so I want to I respect our time because I, I don't know about you. When I walked up and I smelled pulled pork, I'm like, let's go. So I'm going to ask you to join me in a word of prayer, and then we will dive in to our sermon this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are. Lord, you alone are worthy all honor and glory and praise, Lord, and and. We don't want our name to receive any glory, Lord, but to your name alone. 
get the glory. Father, we thank you so much for every person that is here, whether they are visiting, whether they've been here for decades, whether this is uh, something where they've come in and out, Lord. Everyone who is here this morning, whether in this room or watching in our family room or listening later online, God, they are people, every single one of them is someone who is loved by you, formed by you, and we've been created to have a relationship with you. So may we draw closer to you this morning, whatever that looks like. I pray that I would decrease, that you would increase, and that you would speak in a mighty, personal, and powerful way to each and every one of us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we close this series, we are, uh, this week's topic is this idea that we would be united in prayer. Now, we've been going through the first three chapters so far of the book of Acts and looking at what the church did early on and therefore seeing how, as a church, we've already been doing those things and how we will continue to do those things. And so our passage this morning is going to be from Acts chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles with you, it's going to be Acts chapter 4, verse 23. It's going to be on page 1696 in your Bibles, uh, the church Bibles here. If you have your own Bible or the Bible app, that's great as well. It'll be in Acts 4. But as you're turning there, this has been uh, just a season of prayer in our family's home um, recently. So there was uh, this yesterday, um, Steph's dad, uh, we call him Pop. Um, Pop had um, a procedure that uh, he was, they weren't sure if he was having pneumonia. And then he, it was, in his lungs was either pneumonia or a tumor. And they couldn't quite figure it out. But they couldn't operate on it right away because there was something else going on that um, could potentially cause stroke or blindness. So it's one of those things where he was, we weren't quite sure what it was going to look like. We weren't quite sure what the, what the procedure would be and when the timing would work out. And so we've been praying for him a lot. And it's, it's so sweet to be able to see our girls being able to, to lift up pop in their prayer during uh, dinner or during um, the time where we go to bed. And so we've been praying a lot. And so he came yesterday, and, and so far the procedure went well, and we have to still wait on results. And so if you think about it, pray for Pop. We would love that. But then also um, on Tuesday night, I got a text from Pastor Dan Goodham, and he was saying that he would have the opportunity to preach at a crew, which is uh, formerly Campus Crusade for Christ, but it's a ministry that reaches out to those who are far from God, specifically in students and, and in this age range in which, I mean, we all need God, Right. But an age in which it's so important to be able to connect with the purpose of why we exist. And so Dan just sent a quick text saying, hey, if you get a chance, think about it to pray. And so I gather the family together and say, hey, everybody, let's pray together. And um, the, the, the concern was, well, is something wrong? It's like, no, nothing is wrong. Because when things are bad and difficult and we need guidance, we can pray. But even when things are great and exciting and the gospel is able to be preached, we too can pray in those moments. And so we, as our family, are trying to take this time to really invest and, and to focus on teaching our daughters the power of prayer. And so for everyone in this room, whether you are someone who prays often, maybe you're someone who hasn't prayed very much, but I guarantee that if, even if you're someone who hasn't prayed, that there are people, perhaps in this room perhaps, that have been praying for you. So everyone in this room has been impacted by the power of prayer, whether you know it or not. And so we believe in a powerful God who can work in powerful ways to do powerful things. Amen? And so this main point, if you notice on your notes, there's, if you're used to uh, our sermons here, there's usually like, a main point, and then there's like three subpoints, and there's like two subpoints to the subpoints. Today we're keeping it simple. So there's two main points that we're gonna have for, for different parts of the sermon. This first part, our main point, is the idea that powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer. Powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer. With that thought upon our, upon our minds right now, I'm going to read from Acts chapter 4, verse 23 through 31. Now, to give the background, last week we shared about how Peter had healed a blind beggar, or had healed a, a beggar. He was able to get up and walk. He wasn't blind, but he wasn't able to walk. And then what happened was is that the, the, the Jewish leaders brought Peter and John in, and, and they were saying, you can't, like, what's going on? It's like, well, Acts 4.12, one of my favorite verses, that salvation can come from no other name than the name of Jesus. And then Acts 4.13, another fantastic verse that says, when the leaders, when they saw that Peter 
and John were unschooled, uneducated, ordinary men, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. That oftentimes we put so much uh, emphasis and our identity and those little letters at the end of our names that say whether we have a master's or a bachelor's or a doctorate, and those are good things. But God doesn't want us to focus on the letters at the end of our name. He wants us to focus on being people who've been with Jesus. Because people who've been with Jesus are people who change the world. And so we look at this idea that that's the background. And then the, the Peter and John, they get released. And then this is what happens immediately after they're released. And um, we catch the story up in verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they, sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. He continues, indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. It's a long passage but we're only going to take a couple moments to really dive into this passage because what we see are a few key ideas. The idea that they were together in prayer. They were united in prayer, that people coming together and lifting up what God had for the people. Recognize, too, that when they were facing trials like this, they prayed together. When they were facing trials, people that were trying to tear them down, people that were trying to, to tell them to stop preaching the name of Jesus, the leaders say, don't keep preaching his name. And what do the people say? They say, Lord, sovereign Lord, help us to preach your name with boldness. That when there are times that there's attack or discouragement or family members may mock our faith or coworkers aren't quite sure what, what we're about or whatever that may be, it's not that we are sharing Jesus with rudeness. We're not rude. There's a difference between being bold and rude. It's when the opportunity comes, we don't just hit people over the heads with the Bible, but we walk alongside them in the same way that we had Betsy walk, along, walk alongside Melissa a few weeks ago, the same way that so many of us have had people walk alongside us in our journey and have said, listen, what you're doing, you're having a hard time, it's because you don't understand your purpose. You don't understand your why. You don't understand that the only why that will answer all the questions that we may have in our lives is that we exist. Why? Because we've been created for a relationship with God, and that can only come as Acts 4.12 through the salvation of Jesus Christ. That is why we are here. That's why we exist. And that's why we are still here. If we know the Lord and he hasn't taken us home yet, it's because he's not done working in us and nor is he done working through us. And so we have this idea that when the disciples, they faced trials, they prayed together and they prayed for boldness. And when they prayed together, as we saw, the, the building shook, that they were able to receive this boldness and to speak the word of God boldly. That again, doesn't mean rudely. It means boldly. It means recognizing the opportunity, praying for God to give you the right words, and when the time comes, being able to speak the truth in love in a way that people can know Jesus. Now, another reason that this has been a time of prayer for our family is that um, some of you may or may not have heard uh, that's made national and even international news that there is a church um, in Chino, California called Inland Hills, and there is a pastor, Andrew, uh, who just a couple weeks ago um, took his own life. And it was something where he had struggled with um, mental illness and depression and anxiety, and it was overwhelming. He took a, a four-month or so sabbatical from leading this megachurch. And, and the reason I bring it up is that this church was about maybe 15 minutes from where we, me and my wife just moved from. And one of my close friends is the youth pastor at this church. 
And so it hits really close to home. And for those of you who don't know my story, I've struggled with depression in my past when I was younger. And I struggled being suicidal when I was younger. And so it hits home. But it's amazing because people, there's a such heartache because he had a wife named Kayla and three boys. And Kayla has written on her, on her social media and written um, just this powerful testament to faith that she now has as of a few days ago, went from like 3,000 followers on social media, which is way more than me, but she ended up having over 57,000 people who are hearing about her faith in the midst of an absolute travesty and tragedy, I should say, tragedy that I could not even fathom. But people have been praying for her for her boys. They created a GoFundMe in order to help support them. And the hashtag that her church has been using for a couple years is that God's got this. That when we pray, no matter how difficult the trials may be, God's got this. No matter how struggled, struggling we are, God's got this. But then that's a story of the church at large. And so if you could think of praying for Inland Hills Church and Kayla and her boys, I'd ask you to pray for them as well. But I know that that idea of, of depression and suicide, that hits home for us. That hits home for us whether we know someone or have been impacted by that. And it's hard for us to wrestle with that. But prayer, powerful things can still happen when the church is united in prayer. That we see a story that is near and dear to the heart of Palmerado Christian Church. That we see one situation that's really tough, like Kayla and her husband Andrew. And people are praying and hashtag God's got this, but they're still very much in the trenches and in the midst of the difficulty and there were, in 1994, there was a story from our church here at Palmerado Christian Church in which there was very much in the trenches, and there was still in the midst of this difficulty. For those of you who have been here since then or are aware of this story, that there's a story that has been written down in a book called Heaven Hears Each Whisper by Kelsey Tyler. And little known fun fact, Kelsey Tyler, the, uh, that's the pen name for Karen Kingsbury. So if you ever read any Karen Kingsbury books um, and you've read this, now you've read both. Um, but here's the story, and, and I don't have time to go into all of it. In fact, we have the opportunity, we've, we've printed out some copies of it. So if you'd like to be able to read that um, and take one home with you, we'd encourage you to do so. But what happened was that Jane Crisp, um, they, her and her husband Mike had wanted a baby for, for, they've had two, they wanted a third, and it took a while. They eventually were able to have, um, get pregnant, but then her bodies just started reacting poorly. And it got to the point where Mike was uh, in the Navy, so he was across the world, and gets a phone call that she's bleeding and that she's going into surgery. And he, he tries to get back as quickly as he can, but there's still all these different layovers, and that what happened is he goes into a small church in Australia, and people start praying for him there. And then other fighter pilots that have been uh, in the Navy, they heard his story, and they started praying for, for Jane as well. And then coming up, they had, she had had four surgeries in the span of like seven weeks. And, and there was one day that was actually on her birthday. And as the book goes, and as the story goes, that Pastor Evan Foote comes up on stage and, and he says that we need to do as much as we can. So here is what we call the, what he called the Jane chain. That for 30 minute increments for 24 hours, that people from this church would say that they were going to pray continuously for those 30 minute increments for a healing for, for Jane and for their baby boy. And in the book, it's, it shares names such as Kara Brenner and Bob Brenner, Sharon Wood, Linda Gresham. It talks about um, Penny McCravey and Chipper Brown and Jack Finley and Janet Prince and Sonia McCauley and Jim Barrow and Kevin Williams and Audrey Williams and Lori Franklin and Carol Stafford and Tom Wells, just to name a few people that if you've been here for a while, you know those names. Some of you are still in this room. And through this time that when that Jane chain went for 24 hours, then it went for another 12, and they found out that she was able to make it through and that her boy, David, was going to make it through. So we have a history here at, a church, at our church of seeing miracles taking place, that we've seen firsthand the idea that powerful things can happen when the church is united in prayer. And so it's an exciting thing for us to be able to take hold of that history, take hold of that story, and to honor, celebrate God by honoring the past today. And so for you, as we kind of close this part of the message, I just want to ask, how have you seen, sitting in this room or in the other room or listening online later, how have you seen the power of God work in your life through prayer? In what area are you praying for God to move right now? 
And maybe you're in that stage of waiting. Maybe you're in that stage of questioning. Maybe you're in that stage of struggling, but the truth is, is that God's got this. He's with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. And so we want this place to continue to be a house of prayer, a place where people can come forward and ask for prayer requests. People can, can ask others around, can you pray for me? Can you pray for what's going on? But that we would continue to be a place that is a house of prayer because powerful things happen when we are united in prayer. Now, as we've Transition to this next part, and that's kind of the close of our the teaching time. I know that's really quick, but I wanted to, to make sure that we had some time to go through Acts 4 and talk about the prayer for boldness, when difficult times to come, and that we recognize that we can pray to God and that he is with us and he hears us, and he can move in powerful, mighty ways beyond anything we could hope for or imagine. And that is the same God that we serve and know and love today that it was 2,000 years ago. So for us in this season, as we look at the past 50 years of our church, we've had this time where we have been praying to what does it look like to celebrate this 50 years? How do we do that? Now, as, as you may or may not be able to see that we're going to be having some baptisms after uh, the sermon today. And so that's one way that we are celebrating people committing and showing that as a public profession of the faith that they've made in and through baptism. Now, we've also had the opportunity to be able to pray through this fact that we celebrate God. And this is the, the final note there, the final point. We celebrate God by honoring the past while being faithful to what God has called us to in the future. By honoring the past while being faithful to what God has called us to in the future. You know, leading up to this week, I've had five people from my previous church Three of them on Thursday and two of them this morning just saying, hey, the Lord just put you in mind today and so I'm praying for you today, just so you know. And it's one of those moments where when someone sends you a text like that or a note like that, you know that God is with you. I hope that you know this morning that God is with you and God's got this. Not that we know how everything's going to turn out, but that he never leaves us nor forsakes us. But I bring that up because, again, this has been a week of prayer in our home. Now, I want to take a moment that we believe again that we are the church. We believe we don't exist just for us. The church isn't just for us, but that we are the church and we exist for the world. So throughout the season, Pastor Dan had mentioned it, that we've been honoring the past to talk about that point by putting video, uh, sorry, picture collages all the way across the room, that we've been honoring the past by listening to missionary videos. We've been honoring the past um, by being able to hear interviews of people who've come throughout the different decades of our church. And in fact, you may have noticed in the back there, we've been um, honoring the past by showing all the different gifts for Jesus um, donations and, and things, including what Alone mentioned about that uh, blue truck, the Toyota Hilux was one of them. But, but we see this idea of all these different gifts for Jesus and local community impact and global um, outreach as well. So you see that we've been a church and are a church and will continue to be a church that is doing incredible things for the glory of God to bring those far from him near to him. Now, in regards to honoring the past, some of you may or may not know uh, that we have a, a few special guests we mentioned uh, from Tijuana Christian Mission. Thank you all so much for coming. Um, we also have a special uh, guest who it's Marilyn Jenkins, who if you have not met her yet, I just met her this morning, and she's very sweet. Uh, but her husband, Elmer, uh, is the one who started this church on September 1st, 1968. And so I just want to see, um, uh, um, Marilyn's here with her youngest son, Pete, and, and his wife, Sandy. Can we give them a moment to honor what God has done in and through the, the church, through his family? Now, I want us to take a few moments here. Thank you guys again so much for being here. Now, I want to take a few moments for us to look at the mission statement, why it is that we exist here at Palmerado Christian Church. So turn your attention to the screens, and this is what's on your bulletin, and this is what's on the website, and this is the mission statement for why we exist. It says, the Palmerado Christian Church exists to bring people into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to gather them in worshiping God to involve them in membership in his family, to mature them in their faith, and to help them serve God faithfully in their family, church, and world. Now, now's the time where I want to take us back to look at where we've been in this series thus far, because what I want us to see is something that 
We've already been doing this. We've already been like a church from early Acts, and we will continue to do those things. So the first week when we talked about, and as you look here, the first week says this, that we talked about how being part of the church is more than just attending Sunday mornings. It's being plugged in to the people and the purpose of the church that we looked at that's more than just sitting here. It's being plugged into the people and purpose of the church. And so if you notice on that top, we have that orange bar. Um, we're going we're gonna to keep that onto the next slide. So we're going to go to the next slide there. And we kind of look at that here. Now the next week, in addition to being plugged in to the people and purpose of the church, week two, when we looked at Acts, it talks about this, that the church isn't filled with perfect people. It's filled with people who've been changed by God to make a change in this world. Again, it's not just for us, but it's so that we can help be used by God to make a change in this world. And we have the dark blue um, image there that's going to go to the next slide as well. Then we have this idea that the youth did a youth takeover. And again, I mentioned it last week. It was fantastic. I would encourage you to listen to that online, um, to palmerado.com and listen to it. But we're talking about this idea that we are all called to be witnesses, we are called to be witnesses, and I alluded to this earlier that there's a woman named Betsy who poured into um, one of our leaders here named Melissa and had such an incredible impact. After seven years of having tea with Melissa, Melissa says that she finally understood the love of Jesus, and it took cups of tea for that span of time for Betsy not to bash over the head with the Bible, but to live it out and to show Jesus' love and to have that impact in Melissa's life. And then you see how God works in one person, and how there's thousands of generations, as Exodus 20 talks about, that are blessed through when people who love and obey his commands. So we can be generation changers by the way that we love people. So we have that, and we have that, that light blue idea that we are called to be witnesses. So how can you be like Betsy, and who will be your Melissa? Now last week, we looked at this idea with the arrow here that says, our mission isn't just about the call to go overseas. It's about the call to see what God will do through us wherever we go. So it's not just, oh, we have to go on a mission trip and that's the only way that we share the gospel because many people in this room will not go to a mission trip or have not gone yet, but that does not absolve us or excuse us from being the witnesses that God has called us to be. But instead, we looked at the Great Commission, this idea that it says that as you go about your life, as you go and as you go to work, as you are going, not just go across the world, but everywhere you go, however you go, as you are going, disciple people. As you are going, share who Jesus is. As you are going, point people to Jesus. As you go. And so we look at this idea that the mission isn't just about the call to go overseas. It's about the call to see what God will do through us wherever we go. And so we continue on with the next graphic there. And then this week, again, it was abbreviated sermon, but it's a, a quick thought about the power of prayer. That we look at James 5.16, that the, the prayer of righteous people are powerful and effective. That we look at 2 Chronicles 7.14, that if his people would pray, that he would hear our prayers and he could heal our land. That we look at Revelation 3.5, that talks about how our, the prayers of the saints are like this fragrant aroma that comes up into the throne room of heaven. Because see, prayer changes things. And no matter how far gone you feel like you may be or a family member or a friend may be, we can still pray because God's got this and that prayer changes things and this idea that powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer. That the building could be shaken and the fact that it's not just about the church being a building, but that we as the church would leave the building and be an example and go wherever we are going and be witnesses to point to who Jesus is so that it's not just about being an invitational church. Yes, we want to invite people here. So if you've been invited here, thank you for coming. But what's going to be even more powerful than being an invitational church is for us to continue to be an incarnational church, a church that is going and being like Jesus wherever we are, wherever he's called us to minister to. Because again, it's not about how educated you are. It's the fact that people who have been with Jesus will change this world. And so we look at this idea that today powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer. And then we'll add the circle to that last one. Now this symbol right here, it's just a combination of the different points that we've discussed over the past four to five weeks throughout this series. In fact, it's a visual way just for us to be able to represent what the church has been 
since its inception in the book of Acts, and it's a way for us to see that these are all things that Pomerado Christian Church has been doing for 50 years, is doing right now, and will continue to do over the next 50 years and beyond. And so I want to take a moment to go back to our mission statement that you saw there. And, and what we did here is just take the mission statement and, and we highlighted the colors that match those different ideas. That the orange, this idea that being plugged in, that Pomerado Christian Church exists to bring people into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to gather them in worshiping God, to involve them in membership in his family. Those are the idea of that orange thought of being plugged in. The dark blue, being changed by God to make a change in this world. It's to be matured, to mature people in their faith. And then the light blue, this idea of being called to be witnesses and to serving is to help them serve faithfully in their family, the church, and the world. So as you can see, we've been doing these things that Acts has talked about. When it says we are the church, these are things that we've been doing, we are doing, and we will continue to do. And so as we've mentioned that we want to honor the past while also being faithful to what God has called us to in the future. So we honor what God has been doing for the past 50 years while also being faithful that God will continue in the direction that he's called us to as a church that brings people far from God, near to God, that brings people into relationship with Jesus Christ, that brings people into gathering them into worshiping God, that is a church that helps involve people into membership in his family, to mature them in their faith, and to help them serve God faithfully. So looking at that, that graphic, that logo that we had, is something that we want to have this new season be something where we're not changing anything big about the church, but we're using a visual from this series to allow us to remember what it is the church does and who we are as the church. And so we're going to start using uh, this new Pomerado Christian Church uh, graphic and logo as something to embody. Again, not that we're changing what we're doing, but we are continuing to move in the direction God has called us to and using those ideas of being plugged in to the people and purpose, to being changed by God to make a change in the world, to be called to be witnesses. And in so doing, we would go wherever we are, witness. We would go wherever we are and disciple and that we would be united in prayer. It's like a circle of prayer, holding hands in a circle saying, this is who we are, this is where we're gonna be because powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer. Now, let's answer some questions that you might have. Who was a part of, of this idea of just talking about a logo? Now, this is something that the elders, the directors, the stewards, uh, the staff that, that we've talked about for a little while as a buildup for this series and, and to kind of allow this to be uh, just one of those moments in which we, we see how God is working and we celebrate that together. Some of you might be asking, what does a new logo mean? What does that even look like? That it's something where, are we going to change the, the stone monuments tomorrow? No. We, that's not something we're going to do immediately. What we're going to do is over time kind of have a soft launch. We're going to start to see it around more often. It might be one of those things where you start to see it on your name tags, or you might start to see it on the bulletins, or you might start seeing it on the website. You would start to see it in various areas, but when you see it, may it be a reminder that we are to be plugged in, changed by, and called to, that those is, that is what we do as a church. It's what we've done and will continue to do. Now, where did this idea come from? You know, a couple of weeks ago, or sorry, a couple months ago, I was putting Elise to sleep, and uh, as I was holding her and helping her to go to sleep, um, I had this moment where I started to think about our church and, and thinking about just praying through just our church. And I had this moment where I pictured the, the cupola. Do you guys know what a cupola is? It's not the person who directed the Godfather trilogy. That's, that's cupola. No. Um, a cupola... The cupola is, we have a painting of it, actually. If we could look at this photo here. This painting was by Ben Johnston um, a little while ago. And so you can kind of picture that's right up above, kind of right where we are right now, correct? And so I was thinking about that, and I was kind of just picturing that in my mind and thinking, you know, how do we kind of honor the past? We honor our church building. We honor the hands that have built this building 45, 50 years ago. We honor the pastors who have come and who have laid down an incredible foundation to help build this church. How do we honor the past while, while moving forward and, and, and this idea of building to the future and continuing that direction? So then I just had this moment. I was like, I wonder what it would look like if you took that cupola, cupola and you just rotated it 90 degrees. Let's go to the next slide. And if you rotate that, yeah, I, I'm very good at taking pictures. Um, but this idea that it looks like an arrow, this, the roof picture with me looks like an arrow, and those three, those three windows 
Those three windows just kind of look like these lines across. And so go to the next slide. So when we look at this graphic, this is not something that we just made up um, out of nowhere. This is something that is original to us, and it's, it's our church, guys. It's a symbol of saying, look, we have the church building that's an arrow to the, moving forward in the direction God's called us to, continuing in that direction. And we have these three lines, like those three windows that represent that we are plugged in, that we are changed by God, that we are called to be witnesses. And perhaps you're wondering, why did we choose those verbs of being plugged in and changed by God and called to be witnesses? Because like our church, those three things are PCC. So when you think, what do we do as a church? If someone says, hey, what do you do at your church? Like, what does that look like? Well, first off, we're plugged in. We're plugged into community with one another, to the people of the church, but also into the purpose, not just to stay this way, us for and no more, but for us to be able to go and to bring people far from God near to God. Well, what else do you do? Well, we're, we're changed by God. We're not filled with perfect people, but we are people who've been changed by God to make a change in this world, that it instills action and passion and movement to be able to find those far from God. Well, what else do you do? Man, we are called to be witnesses, both through our words, by sharing the gospel, but also through our actions, by serving this world. So what do you do? Man, we are plugged and changed by and called to, and in so doing, it's PCC. Hopefully, it's something that's easy enough for us to remember so that if someone asks what you do, or what does this logo mean? Because logos, they don't drive what a, what a, what a company does, but they can tell a story. And so when we look at that, and we see it on our name tags, and we see it on our bulletins, and eventually we may see it on signs that we would look at and say, it's because we're being the kind of church that Jesus had established through the apostles in the book of Acts, that we will continue to be the kind of church that changes lives and brings people into a right relationship with Jesus, that we would continue to be the kind of church that serves the world and is changed by God so that people may find right relationship with him. It's an image that ties in all the things that we've learned, but it originated with us, and that it's from our church building moving in the direction God has called us to. And the last question is, is why? Why are we talking about this right now? You know, uh, Beth Rosenberg and, and her family, they did a great job of doing these different um, uh, collages. And so on Thursdays, I was preparing for the sermon. I, I ended up looking at a few of them, and I ended up going to the very back corner there. And um, in one of those collages from the first decade of our church, I found a picture um, of a partially eaten cake. Um, you could go ahead and put the, put the image there. And on that picture is the verse Hebrews 3, 4. And I'm going to read it from here because that's a little hard to read, but it's for every house is built by someone, but God... He's the builder of everything. This idea that when we establish this building, we have this cake and we eat and we celebrate that, but we recognized back then, even then, that it was God who was building this church. So it's not about any specific pastor, not any specific man or woman who served or child who's served and attended. It's not about any one of us. It's that God is the builder of Palmerado Christian Church. He has been faithful in the past 50 years. We've had our ups and we've had our downs. We've had our in-betweens, but he has been faithful. And we are sitting or standing here today because God has used this church and the people of this church to have an impact in our lives to some degree or fashion. And so we look at that. And we say, it's God who is building this church. This isn't my vision. This isn't our leadership's vision. This is that God is building the church, and we're going to continue in the direction that God has called us to, with boldness and with unity. And so what I'm going to ask you to do is, if you have your uh, bulletins with you, hopefully many of you got your bulletins, you're going to notice uh, when you open it up in this lower corner here, you're going to notice that the, vision, the mission statement has different colors. Let's be honest. How many of you noticed that today? Good on you. Good job. I don't know why I turned Australian there. Good on you. Um, so go ahead. What we ask you to do is that this section is actually perforated, perforated, perforated. It's a tough word, guys. Um, what I'm going to ask you to do is take a moment to, to tear that out. Not because we're tossing the vision, guys. Let's be very clear. But what I'm going to ask you to do, ask all of us to do, is to take this vision statement here, or this mission statement, I apologize. And because we believe that powerful things happen when the church is united in prayer, I'm gonna ask that you take this out and that you put it in your car, put it in your Bible, 
Put it by your mirror when you get ready. Put it, take a picture of it and have it as your cell phone background. I mean, whatever it is, but to look at this mission and recognize that God has done incredible things for these 50 years and, and we know that he has incredible things in store for us. And may you, may we, may all of us come together and be united in praying for what God will do and celebrating what he's done by honoring the past while being faithful to what he's called us to in the future and recognize that powerful things happen when people in the church come together united in prayer. Can you guys do that for us? Amen. Now, I mentioned earlier that there are uh, some baptisms that are coming up in just a couple moments. I'm going to ask if you are being baptized, that you go ahead and start walking back um, and start getting in your uh, positions of where we're going to be. Um, I'm going to ask for the rest of us, will you join me in a word of prayer as we continue with our time of worship? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are, Lord, and we thank you that you are faithful. God, we thank you for the fact that you've been here with us from the very beginning when on September 1st, 1968, when Elmer Jenkins and his family and came and, and started the church, you've been faithful all throughout ever since. And, and God, it is such an honor to be a part of a church that loves you, that loves one another, and wants to bring people far from God nearer to you. So Lord, I pray that as we think about, as we celebrate today, as we look at all that you've done, May this just be the beginning of our celebration, that we look at all the ways that you've worked in our church, but we're going to have a time to sing out to you amazing grace, Lord. We have the opportunity to see people getting baptized, God. We have the opportunity to worship you and to lift our voices to have such a powerful moment, to lift our voices up to heaven. And God, may you be pleased by seeing your children, your sons and your daughters worshiping you, making decisions for you, drawing close to you. And may it just be a picture of the early church. May we always have that picture in mind. So, Lord, we love you. And we thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand as we uh, get ready for this time of worship. Um, and just get ready, because in a few minutes, we're going to have lots of baptisms. And it's going to be a celebratory time as we continue to honor the God for the past while moving forward in the future. everybody. This is Ben Rosenberg, and Ben decided to get baptized today after going through uh, joining God's family uh, with several other kids here today. So, Ben, uh, as we talked about the other day, I'm going to say a confession. You just repeat after me, okay? So, say, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Son of the living God, and I accept him, and I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior my personal Lord and Savior. Awesome. Praise God. Go ahead and grab a seat for me. All right, bud? 
Now go ahead and plug your nose for me. Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ and rise to new life. I'm going to walk back up here. Good job, man. If you guys will welcome Hannah, Hannah Rosenberg, if you will welcome her in. Then get down there. Great. All right. Same thing. I'm going to have the confession just repeat after me, okay? Please. So, I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus the Son of the Living God. Son of the Living God. And I accept Him. I accept Him as my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. So I'm praise God. Go ahead and grab a seat for me, okay? Now plug your nose. Now upon that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ. <laughs> and rise to new life. Now you can see on the way out. <laughs> Let me help you out, okay? please. So Henry, you should repeat after me, okay? okay. I, believe I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the, Christ the, Son of the, living God, the Son of the living God, and I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. Accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. You got it, man. All right, go ahead and grab a seat for me. All right. Go ahead and plug your nose for me. Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ and rise to new life. <laughs> Good job. Go ahead and go this way. And now we have his mom, Catherine Crivello. All right. Go ahead and grab a seat if you like. All right. So you can repeat after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept him. And I accept him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. Awesome. Praise God. Go and plug your nose for me, okay? Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ. And rise to new life. Congratulations. Let's <laughs> go up this way. You got it? Now welcome Sal Crivello. The patriarch of the family. <laughs> All right, Sal, repeat after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I accept him. And I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. Go ahead and scoot forward for me. <laughs> Upon that confession of faith, go ahead and plug your nose. Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ. And rise to your life.
repeat after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the, Christ the, son the Son of the living God, and I accept him, I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. Praise God, Jody. Go ahead and scoot forward a little bit for me, okay? Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize your name in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ and rise to new life. Congratulations. Let me help you up, okay? You got it, okay? You got it. All right. And now we welcome Chris Giffen. All right, you know the drill by now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so repeat after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the, Christ the, Son of the, living God, the Son of the living God, and I accept him, I accept him as, my personal Lord and Savior. as my personal Lord and Savior. Praise God. Chris, go ahead and plug your nose for me, okay? Let's scoot forward a little bit. Upon that confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be buried with Christ and rise to new life. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yes, of course. 